You are listening to Sparking Wholeness with Erin Carey, where we talk about all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey everybody, it's Erin Carey and welcome back to Sparking Wholeness. Today, I am sitting down with Elise Carter. Now, before I read her very exciting bio, I have to say, I have known Elise since we were what, eighth grade? Yeah, eighth grade. Yeah, so we've known each other. We're old, y'all. So we've known each other for a long time. And I love when I have a friend who is knowledgeable and what I like to talk about on my podcast because it makes the conversation just so interesting and informative, which is what it's going to be. So, first, before I read your bio, welcome to the show, Elise. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like a little bit of imposter syndrome, but now you've announced <laughs> that that we've known each other for a long time. So um, also, if any of your viewers or your listeners have questions about you, <laughs> they should have the opportunity. <laughs> right, we can tell some stories. That's true. Yeah. We, got, we got some stories. Okay, so let me share a little bit about Elise with you guys. She has been a student of yoga for over two decades and a small business owner for 16 years. Initially, Initially, she was introduced to yoga when she stumbled into a heated yoga class at the rec center while in college, and her love for the practice and curiosity about different styles of yoga grew quickly. A few years later, as a small business owner of 8th Street Boutique in Tyler, Texas, she found the joy of a steady yoga practice to be a natural antidote to the continuous demands and stress of business ownership. Wanting to share her love of yoga with others, she enrolled in an intensive yoga teacher training course in 2008, graduating as a 200 RYT. I guess that means something yoga training, yoga teacher, right? Yeah. RYT is registered yoga teacher. Okay. And that's 200 hours to clarify, right? Yes. That's a lot. Okay. So since then, she has both taught and studied with a number of inspiring yogis across the country and has accumulated additional teaching certifications in several different lineages of yoga. She also holds the RYT 500, which is 500 hours teaching designation, the honor given by Yoga Alliance to the most senior teachers. She has spent countless hours in studio, has developed an unquenchable thirst for all things yoga. She partnered to open Be Free Yoga in Tyler, Texas in 2016. And then in 2018, she opened the Be Free Yoga Teacher Training Program. So now she trains other yogis in teaching yoga. And she teaches at her her home studio several times per week, leads yoga teacher trainings every year, continues to use the tools of yoga to help balance work and family life, honor both the creative and task-oriented side of business, and tame her propensity to try and control everything, which hopefully we'll get to that. Elise is known for an alignment-based and philosophical style of teaching that encourages personal expression, inner inquiry, playfulness, and courage through movement, which we are going to get into movement and how to address things in in a way that maybe listeners haven't heard before. So I'm so excited to have you and your expertise on the show. This is going to be such a good discussion. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me on. And I am very excited always to nerd out on anything having to do with movement and yoga in the different styles of yoga. Um, Yeah. So I'm very excited to get to talk about it. Thanks. Yeah. And you know, what your bio doesn't share is that you have done a lot of work with even Chinese, traditional Chinese medicine, right. And understanding balance in that area, which hopefully we can get to a lot, a little bit, but you know, so much about balancing the body. 
Yeah, you know, the tra the traditional, I definitely am, like I said, a, a nerd at heart. So I am one of those people that always wants to know why. Why does that work? Um, okay, so you're telling me that works, or maybe I'm feeling that that works, but why does that work? So that's really the reason for all of the different lineages of yoga and the number of hours it's because I'm always interested to figure out why and then you peel one layer and there's another layer underneath and you want to know why why does that work okay so now I understand more about this but what about that and traditional Chinese medicine that has been a really helpful layer for me um I've uh, I've done some training in traditional Chinese medicine in the sense that I can use it as a tool, as an assessment tool to help understand what's going on in my body and then maybe to help students understand what's going on in their bodies. I'm not using it as a diagnostic tool, which obviously there's a big difference there. I'm not in the yoga room diagnosing people <laughs> with uh, different syndromes or things like that, but it is a really great way to assess and to say, okay, I do feel like I'm out of balance in this way. I notice this pain in my hip, or I notice that I'm not sleeping well at night for months now, or I notice that my digestion feels really wonky and I'm not really sure why. Um, how can I start to understand why these things are happening. Um, traditional Chinese medicine provides a nice lens to help assess that and to give some framework to what might be happening. And yoga does too. And they go together beautifully. So those two practices together have been super helpful. And they traditional Chinese medicine does inform a lot of the ways that I teach or sequence classes and work with students. So yes, it's been super helpful. Well, I'm, I like the way that you say, you use the word notice a lot because we don't notice what's going on in our own bodies. We wait for other people to tell us what's going on. Oh, well, you have this diagnosis or your lab work shows this. And we were joking when we were planning for this podcast about even just calling it, be your own lab work, do your own lab work, because there's a lot that happens when we notice. So how, how do you help with that? How do you help people find balance in, in that way? So yeah, gosh. And the noticing is such a, such a key word. You're right. That that's what, that's what it's about. But when we live the way that we do now, where there are constant distractions at hand and, you know, I, I'm a big fan of, of blaming everything on, you know, my cell phone, but the truth is I know that there's always been something to distract us since time began. So although I'd love to blame it all on technology, I know that that's not probably accurate. It really is deciding to uh, drop into your own body and start to listen to what's going on. And so perhaps the precursor to noticing is listening. Um, and then of course we all know even tell young children this, that we have two ears and only one mouth so that we can listen twice as much. So for me, that requires some stillness in the day. And whether that be at the very, very end of the day, when you're already, you know, everything's kind of dark and you're already quiet, 
even if it's just a few minutes before you go to sleep or whether that's in the morning, um, very, very first thing before anybody else gets up, if you're an early bird um, or whether it's a different time of day for you, if there is a time where I am able to kind of set as a normal standard, a couple of minutes to literally sit with my eyes closed and just listen. Um, that's helpful. That's a good start. Sometimes that's where you start getting all of those distracting thoughts coming in or distracting messages that feel distracting, but that's when we can actually start to assimilate through some of those things. If I sit and close my eyes and instantly notice that my body is buzzing and I'm thinking about the next 10 things I have to do, then that's not necessarily a distraction, right? That's actually information. Oh, I'm really feeling <laughs> probably like I've got a lot on my plate right now. If I'm sitting down immediately feeling body buzzing and a stream of things that I've got coming up to do, then that's information that I have a lot on my plate. Okay, so I could write that down. That's a piece of information. And if I write that down, then what's the next piece of information? Okay, sitting here, my left knee is kind of aching. Okay. So again, information, it's not like, oh, I can't sit here and my left knee's hurting. That's, that's the information. That's the listening thing. And so that's where I feel like, um, at least for me, that I got some perspective shift was that all those little things that rush into your mind when you sit and you're quiet, they're not distractions. They're information. And they're like the top layer of information that your body is so trying to tell you that it's all coming out in a big rush. Like when you meet your friend for lunch that you've not seen for a really long time and you've got a really great story to tell them and you sit down and they're like, oh, so how are you? And you're like, oh my gosh, I got to tell you this, this crazy thing happened and it all just spills out. That's the very top layer of information that you're hearing the second that you get quiet. That is so good. And I have so many questions and follow-up thoughts, but before we get there, I want to pause and take a second and thank our sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Magnesium Breakthrough. The folks at BioOptimizers have done it again. They've just released their new and improved formula for Magnesium Breakthrough, the most powerful magnesium supplement on the market today. This product was already amazing, but BioOptimizers has continued to research and improve it, which I love. This new fourth generation formula means Magnesium Breakthrough is now even more potent and effective for reducing stress, improving sleep, and boosting energy levels. If you've already taken Magnesium Breakthrough, you'll want to try the new formula as soon as you can because it now includes cofactors like B6 and manganese that help with the absorption of magnesium. And if you've never tried Magnesium Breakthrough before, now is the perfect time to try it. Here's why. For the deepest healing of many health problems, Dr. Mark Circus says there is going to be only one answer and that answer is magnesium. Why does he say that? Two very important reasons. First, magnesium is involved in 80% of the body's metabolic reactions. And second, about 75% of people are not getting enough magnesium. 
This is a much bigger problem than most people think because when you don't get enough magnesium, you suffer from poor sleep, low energy, and even higher stress levels. And none of us need that, right? In every bottle of Magnesium Breakthrough, you'll get seven unique forms of organic full-spectrum magnesium, which can dramatically improve your health. It can help you sleep longer and deeper. It can help reduce stress levels and help you feel calm. And it can give you abundant all-day energy to win at life. And because it supports mental wellness, Magnesium Breakthrough can help you to finally feel like yourself again. Simply take two capsules before you go to bed and you'll be amazed by the improvements in your mood and energy levels and how much more rested you feel when you wake up. That's a huge bonus for me that I've noticed for myself. For an exclusive offer for my listeners, go to magbreakthrough.com spark and use spark during checkout to save 10% and get free shipping. And one last thing, if you want your loved ones to be healthier, consider giving them the gift of magnesium breakthrough for Mother's Day, Father's Day, or even a spring birthday. That's magbreakthrough.com spark. Use spark during checkout to save 10% and get free shipping. Okay, Elise, now we were talking about listening to our bodies. And, you know, when you mention closing your eyes and the buzzing sensation, and, you know, we have talked about this before, that that buzzing has always existed for me when I try to get still. And I had a really hard time at first being quiet and still. And, you know, it's it's easy to get mad at ourselves for these racing thoughts and, oh, this anxiety that we have or this buzzing feeling. But I really love the way that you spin it and you say, now, wait a minute. This is information. This is telling me more about the state of my life than what I'm not doing, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the thing. That's one of the things I love about uh, traditional Chinese medicine and yoga. Both of these systems really at their at, at heart are about finding balance and finding homeostasis. And so there isn't really any degree of, um, of like, okay, well, there's an end point and this end point is, okay, now I'm finally perfectly balanced. I finally achieved this moment in my life where I have found the pinnacle of health, the pinnacle of balance, and everything is at net neutral. That is not realistic. And that's not even a goal because that's not how our bodies work. That's not how anything works. Our bodies work so much more like, um, a cycle or like a, um, process similar to the seasons, um, that we live in. So we're not like working towards, I mean, I know we would speaking about the weather. I know we would love or a lot of us would love a like 75 degree sunny day <laughs> to just be like, finally, I've achieved the pinnacle of perfect weather. Here we are. And I'm going to bask in it. But we all know, like we might have days like that, but the cycle of the seasons would not work out if that was all we had all the time. We do need rain. We do need the leaves to change. We do need them to fall. We need them to fertilize the ground. We need to have new growth. We need to have that entire cyclical seasonal change in order for, uh, I guess, life on this planet to continue to exist. <laughs> and we need that in our body 
in order for our body to continue to operate. So we've got to have things die off so that new things can grow. We've got to have things that are, you know, taking away so that we can add back to it. It's just um, anyway. So so that kind of helps me also get back to what you were saying. It's not a beat myself up situation. It's always information, information, not, oh, I'm doing a bad job. Oh, my gosh, I'm still here. Oh my gosh, I still have this stupid pain in my left shoulder. Why? It's not that. It's just information. Um, okay. All right. So if we take off the hat of like the judger and the, oh, well, I'm going to make sure that you're going to get better at this. And we put on the hat of just the observer, then it changes things quite a lot because then all of a sudden we're able to just step out of the seat of oh, I'm not good enough or something's wrong and just go, oh, interesting. That is interesting information. I did not realize that that was still so at the top of what my body needed to communicate to me. I'm going to just write it down and see what's next. And then you get into a much more interesting relationship with your body from there. And you start to be able to um, find a little bit of of curiosity rather than fear surrounding what might be going on or what might not be going on. Instead, you get this like kind of healthy, almost joyful, but at least interested curiosity. Like, oh, okay, well, if that's imbalanced, I wonder what I could do to balance it. I bet there are some things. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Now, before we get any further, I want to pause for a second. This is a great time to thank our sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by AARP. Now, I know that I might physically and age be getting older, but I feel that internally in my heart, I'm getting younger every year. However, I do know that it won't be long before I will be facing the same issues that many Americans over 50 face. As we get older, we are more concerned about affordable health care, lower prescription costs, protecting Social Security and Medicare and all of that. AARP advocates for you and offers financial and job resources, fraud protection help, information on joining local volunteer groups, and so much more. Because AARP knows that you have a lot of good years ahead. Now, I am an AARP member, and my member experience has been pretty amazing, actually. I really thought, you know, AARP was just for old people, but as I said... I'm kind of redefining what I believe old actually is anyway. And these AARP membership benefits come at very little cost. I'm talking about family caregiving support, job board and resume advisor on the app, driver safety tips. I recently got the magazine and I was really excited to read an article that was talking about how to protect your identity and, and, and prevent identity theft and make sure that all of your accounts and everything are safe from fraud. I thought that was really important and relevant to me. It is the largest advocacy group for people 50 plus. And then another 
benefit to joining as an AARP member is that you can get up to 15% off meals at participating restaurants and get discounts on all sorts of services like oil changes and things like that, which are important. I love having the app at my fingertips because it brings instant access to news and community events that apply to me and my life situation. Try the benefits for yourself. Go to aarp.org spark to join for just $12 for your first year with automatic renewal. You'll get a second membership for free, plus AARP the magazine and a free gift. That's aarp.org spark. Now, Elise, we're talking about this idea of balance and being non-judgmental. And what comes to mind for me is that we have many symptoms of imbalances that are uncomfortable for us and unpleasant. And it sounds to me like you're saying that those aren't necessarily bad things. They're just creating attention to an area that we need to focus on. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So one one of the ways that one of the um, kind of methods that I've learned that helps me kind of take this and make it more understandable, I always tell students in teacher training, I am a very keep it simple, stupid kind of person. I'm like, I just want it to be simple. I just want an easy way to understand something. And I then I want to be able to practice it. Um, so one of the methods that I like um, to, to understand this balancing idea is the idea of deficiency and excess. And that is easy for me to understand because it's like math. And easy math, (laughs) not hard math. Hard math is too confusing for me as well. But we're talking like one plus one always equals two. And one minus one always equals zero. So if we just go with that, which is very basic and easy to understand, then we can understand that if we are kind of hoping for our body, our body's homeostasis, that perfect state that I already talked about that we never land in and just live there, but that's where our body's always kind of trying to get back to you. If that state is one, and so we're just trying to get to and stay around one, then if we're adding things to our body, we're going to get into excess pretty quick. If we start taking things away from our body, then we're going to get deficient in something pretty quick. We're going to get into the negatives, right? Like we're going to take away one and we're at zero. We take away one more thing and we're in the negatives. Um, Same thing with adding, like we add one, we add two, we add 10 and all of a sudden we're way up here. So this, this idea of, of one plus one, one minus one deficiency and excess to find balance is super helpful for me because it takes me away again, out of that judging seat of oh my gosh, something's wrong. What do I need to add to fix this? Or something's wrong. What do I need to take away? It must be that I'm like eating too much. It must be um, that I'm watching too, I mean, I'm watching too much Netflix. I'm on my cell phone too much. That's what it is. I probably just need to throw my cell phone out the window. I got to take that away. I mean, we just tend to jump to, I mean, I do for sure. I tend to jump to to pretty big conclusions when I'm operating from a space of something's wrong and I've got to fix it. Something's wrong and I'm feeling worried about that. So I've got to fix it. So what can I, what, you know, what's Instagram telling me to add? What's uh, this particular doctor telling me to add? 
somebody better tell me something to add or somebody better tell me something to take away to fix this. And that isn't necessarily always the the right answer because if we have a propensity to add, 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 I'm going to add another supplement. I'm going to add another workout program and I'm going to add another class per week. That's what I'm going to add. Okay. Well now I'm for sure. Like I'm at, I was maybe somewhere already above one. Now I'm like maybe at five or six because I just added all this stuff. That's not really getting me back towards my oneness, which is what I'm kind of hoping for. That's not my 75 degree sunny day. (laughs) Um, And the same way if I have a propensity to take away and to limit, okay, well then I've got to limit what I'm eating even more. I've got to limit what I'm viewing even more. I've got to take my family out of this situation because it's too much exposure here. And you can get into, and I can get into this very limiting mindset of like, everything in the world is toxic. Everything is terrible. You know, like I've got to get away from where could, could we become, could we move to a commune somewhere? (laughs) Um, And again, that's now getting me deficient. So the balance is um, really about coming back to that one, that one state. And there are some really cool methods to start trying to do that, that we can talk about, but that's kind of the idea. That's so good. And I'm also for listeners, I apologize for any weird sounds you're hearing right now. I've got construction going on outside my house, but, um, I love that because I am a person I, yeah, I function in both excess and deficiency. It's like, I'm going above and beyond like adding things, saying yes to everything. I'm a classic yes girl to also, well, cut it all out. (laughs) You know, like you said, the whole world's toxic. And so it is hard to find. So what's what do we do to balance that out? I'd love for you to explain more because this is, I know that this is hitting some people at the core, probably of like, yes, that is so me. Gosh, yes. It, I mean, and, and of course I'm only talking about it because it hits me at the core too. It, it really does. And I think we all get asked that question. I, I don't know if I'd have to ask a bunch of men, but I know women get asked the question often, you know, how do you balance all that? And it's like, I don't know about other people, but I know in my own head, my answer is always, I I don't, you know, like I'm always vacillating kind of between, okay, this is, wow, I'm doing everything. I'm doing a ton. And like to, I've got to pull all the reins all the way back. And so, you know, that, that can get a little bit exhausting. Of course, some of that, again, like we talked about is normal. There is a, there should be an expected vacillating. There should be an expected seasonal difference, you know, that we're not always going to be in the exact same state, nor would it benefit us to, to do that. But if we're vacillating wildly to ends of the spectrum, that can start to become quite exhausting in and of itself. So um, just a couple of examples about this deficiency and excess to try and kind of uh, dig down into how we can manage this. A couple that I like, because they're again, somatic and simple. One example in our bodies, of def- in our physical being of deficiency and excess is this, in our modern world, because we have cars that we drive and because we have computers that we use for work, um, we sit a lot and we sit with our head forward because again, if we're driving, you know, you're reaching your arms out to hold on to the steering wheel. And if you're working at a computer, you're reaching your arms out again to type. 
And so everything is going forward. That's just, again, that's how our bodies work. So we're leaning forward and we're leaning forward and kind of slumping over. Our shoulders are rolling forward. And this is just the state that we have to be in to live in this world a good percentage of the time. I mean, if you have a life where you have no longer have to drive a car ever, and you never have to be on the computer ever, then congratulations. <laughs> but most of us do. So, um, and then again, cell phones, if you're holding a cell phone in front of you, you're looking down, typing, you know, or scrolling with your thumb. So that's another example of the same position. So we're in an excess of that position. So what, again, if we've got math going on and we've, and we're kind of like holding that position, then what we've also got is a deficiency of movement. So we've got an excess of stillness and seated head forward posture, and we've got a deficiency of movement. All right. So if we, if we go with that one, then we can say, all right, well then obviously all you need to do if you've got a deficiency of movement is add in movement. But we're already talking about how we've got an excess on a bunch of the different parts of our bodies that are holding us in a leaning forward posture. So if we go in and add movement, which maybe addresses the deficiency of movement, but the movement we add in is further putting strain on the muscles that are um, already strained from holding our heads forward and our shoulders forward, then we are gonna get even more in excess of that, if that makes any sense. So that kind of math work right there helps even in thinking about it to not just jump straight to, well, I've got to add, 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 and add. You've Yes, we want to add movement to deal with the deficiency of movement, but we also want to take away stress on the muscles that are strained from sitting with our head forward. So the next step there would be, how do we figure out what muscles are strained in our bodies from sitting forward and our head leaning forward? That is an, a cool little way of figuring that out. Because if we go back to what we were talking about sitting and listening, if you want to just sit, and close your eyes for even like 10 seconds and think about what muscles in your upper body generally feel tight and sore. Um, like what are the muscles? If you could magically snap your fingers and have a massage therapist standing at the ready, what would you ask them to massage? That's there's your answer. Like it's the, the back of your neck, right? Your traps, your upper back and the back of your neck. And it's probably also your lower back, a little bit tender, kind of feel like you need to lean over and stretch it out. And you might be feeling some tightness in the shoulders as well. So, and that tightness in the upper back and the upper back of the neck is going to very quickly translate into headache tightness as, as well, because that lands right at the occiput, like right where your skull and your neck muscles meet is tight and pulled that just translates directly into tension headache. So, you know, these are common things, right? Like if you just talk to somebody, um, average Jane or Joe on the street and say, well, you know, do you ever get headaches? Do you ever have like a tight upper back? 
How about your low back? I mean, pretty much everybody is going to say to some degree or another, yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I know what that feels like. It's rare to meet someone who's like, no, absolutely not. That's, that's your person who doesn't have a car and have, or have a computer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what I, I'm, I'm blown away and I could, you should just keep going. I don't have any questions. No, but <laughs> I do like, cause I want to clarify. I think this is good for people to hear because we hear those extremes. Okay. Well, if you're sitting too much, you should just go run. Right. And, yes. but isn't that the same forward movement? And isn't that also tension is. Yes, for sure. It, it's just, I mean, for some people going for a run is great. Like if you're a runner and that's a part of a stress relieving, um, like exercise that you already have in your wheelhouse. My husband is a runner. He loves to run. I am not a runner. If you ask me to go run, um, it's going to put some strain on my body. And if my body is not, I'm going to likely feel and take all of the stress of running into those exact same muscle groups that are already in excess, like strained and stressed, because they're already the same ones that are working hard to hold me in my posture all day, every day. Now I'm going to go do something that puts them in more strain and stress and without any additional training, stretching, releasing. And so they're naturally just going to continue to carry that exact is, is not really the goal, right? Like I'm, I'm not, I'm fixing the movement deficiency by running. That's the deficiency, the excess in those muscles being overstressed and overstretched. I'm, I'm adding to that particular excess. So instead of just like jumping in and saying, all right, well, movement deficiency. So let's do, let's start training for an Ironman, I guess, instead of jumping right. to that, we could start and say, all right, I just identified the muscles in my body that I wish a massage therapist could come in and deal with. Okay. And we talked about it. It's like neck, it's, um, upper back, it, you know, your traps right up there at the top of your shoulders and your neck, it's your low back. And it's also probably your hip flexors and your hamstrings. Because those are another two muscle groups that get affected and get into um, excess when we are sitting. Just because if you are sitting right now, um, you can look at the angle of your leg. You know, your there's your thigh coming straight out, and then your calf and knee are going straight down. Well, for your thigh to be in this position relative to your pelvis, your hamstrings have to shorten. It's a hundred percent guarantee that your hip flexors and hamstrings are getting short and tight. They're going into excess. They just are like, that's, mm. it's the same as math. It's just the way that our anatomy works. If we're sitting with our shoulders forward, then the back of our neck is getting tight and the front of our neck is getting loose and kind of uh, weak. And that, again, it's just the way that it is there. There isn't any, it's just math. So it's, it, again, it makes it simple and it allows us to take off the judgmental hat and put on the observing hat. Oh, I know that I sat at the desk for five hours today because I had a lot of work or I just had to drive a lot. So I'm not going to judge myself for having, why do I have a headache again? What's wrong with me? Did I not drink enough water? I probably didn't drink enough water. I never hydrate water. Maybe I need to try different electrolyte, right? Instead of doing that, that's like the judger hat. 
put on the observer hat and say, okay, what did I do yesterday? I sat in the car for five hours. So I know for sure, because I know math works that my hip flexors and my hamstrings got real tight. I know the back of my neck got really tight. That's probably why I have a headache. Okay, so how could I stretch my hip flexors and my hamstrings? How could I stretch out my neck? And that is gonna go such a long way to correcting the excess in those muscles more than going and buying fancy electrolytes will. And more than, you know, taking myself and saying, uh, you know, what is my problem? Maybe I need to go get, you know, some more lab work done because I keep getting these stupid headaches, you know, like something must be wrong. Like, yeah, the headache is telling you something, but let's think about what might be in excess. And it, as far as just like, what are you actually doing in, with your body during the day? Not necessarily like all the rest of this emotional kind of spiral that we can go down pretty quickly about what all am I doing wrong and what somebody tell me to do differently. Most of the answers correctable without any big expense and without any, um, any lab work needed to be done. (laughs) Yeah, that's good because we do jump to those extremes of, Oh gosh, oh, it's a food sensitivity or it's a, and all those things. Yeah. They could all be at play. But even for me, yeah. I don't often think about just like, what has my physical body been doing lately or not doing, you know, yeah. and what, how have I been sitting or how have I been, you know, all of that, that you just said, I don't often think about that. Um, and, and then we have those extremes of, well, I'm either doing this like really high intensity exercise for 30 minutes in the morning and then sitting all day. Well, even that kind of creates an imbalance, right? I mean, how can we add more, I would say like functional movement throughout our day so that our body is, um, finding that back and forth state instead of the extreme of tension and stress on top of another tension and stress, where can we find that balance? Yeah. Well, that is such a good question. And there are so many good and easy and free ways to do that. Basically, um, If we sit or stand, if we hold any position at all with our body, with our physical body for more than about 10 minutes, um, you know, sometimes it could be a little, little bit more, but for more than about 10 minutes, then we start to get this, this situation going on where we're taking the joints and the connective tissue, and they are starting to get a little bit stuck. And that doesn't mean they're stuck forever. That doesn't mean that it's not a fixable thing at all. It's just the way that our body works and the, and it's doing it always, always for our protection, right? Because if we had to stay in a position, then our body is always working with us to say, well, I guess this is the position she's got to be in for quite a while. So I'm going to work the most efficiently way that I can. And some of these joints and muscles that normally have a lot of range of motion, I'm going to start letting them kind of hold a little bit more, get a little bit less fluid and a little bit more glue-like. And they're just going to hold her here because she's not moving. (laughs) She needs to be in this position. I don't know why, but she does. So If I know that, and if you know that, then every 10 minutes or so change position, change position so that your body doesn't 
doesn't have to do that. And if you know that you're like your top four parts of your body that are going to take on this excess that we have, have talked about that we get from sitting um, is neck. And we've got shoulders and chest. We've got your hips, hip flexors, and we've got your low back. So if we know we've got those areas, there are only four of them, then you can every 10, 20 minutes, just have a plan. All right, I'm going to roll my head in a circle. You know, I'm going to look over my right ear. I'm going to right my right shoulder. I'm going to look over my left shoulder. I'm going to look up and I'm going to look down and I'm going to roll my shoulders up and back a few times. Okay, well, that's super easy. I'm going to stand up. If you're driving in a car, then no, you can't do that one, but you could stretch out a leg or you can stop, you know, and when you do stop, know that you want to stretch the tops of your legs. So maybe pull, stand on one leg and pull your heel back towards your glute. That'll stretch your thigh and your hip flexors on the top of your leg. If you're not in a car, it's easy to be able to stand up. You can stand up from your desk and you can stretch your legs. Um, the low back is a really beautiful one because we all tend to live in kind of constant spinal extension, spinal extension, meaning that there's a, we all, so, okay, I'll, I'll back that up just a little bit. When people think about going to yoga class a lot of times, um, and I get it because I used to think all these same things too. They think about bending yourself into pretzels and maybe doing things like back bends, right? And then people, the very next thing that they think is my hamstrings are so tight. I can't even touch my toes. And if I did a back bend, I think my, my spine would snap. <laughs> okay. They're not wrong to feel that way because we are kind of all living in a constant state of a never ending back bend because of this sitting phenomenon that we've talked about. It tilts our pelvis in a certain direction. And then even when we're standing, when we're walking, when we're standing in a grocery line or standing at our kitchen counter, we're in a, we are in spinal extension, all of us all the time. So the low back is always doing a little baby back bend. So if you thought you couldn't back bend, I'm here to tell you, you're doing it all day, every day. <laughs> However, when you, so, so if we would say, all right, well, we're all in a baby back bend all day long, every day. Well, no wonder my low back hurts. Yes. Correct. First of all, second of all, now you're going to go and ask your body to do a big back bend. Well, you're already in excess. So there we go back to the excess again. That's not going to fix anything. That's definitely going to add to it and make it worse. And that's why people rightly feel that way. If I did a back bend, I think my spine would snap. I mean, your spine is not going to snap, but it's not going to like it because it's like, no, I live in a back bend. I want to be out of the back bend. I need to have something subtracted from this back bend, not added to it. So the low back is a beautiful thing to release because if you know that, which now you do, all you have to do is get out of a back bend. So lay on the floor and put your legs up in a chair so that like the, the or put your legs up on a bed or on the couch so that your calves rest on the seat of the chair and that your back can be flat on the floor so you can feel all your back ribs press into the floor and voila, you are no longer in a back bend. Stay there for five minutes, do that every day and watch your low back problems disappear. No lab tests needed <laughs> and no beating yourself up needed either. Like it is truly math. You have too much curve in the low back so you start to take the curve out, 
purposefully, intentionally every day. And you can do that while you're watching something on TV. You can do that while your kids are getting right. You can do that. I mean, five minutes laying with your legs up is very doable and it will take your spine out of spinal extension and it will get your body in the habit of finding that neutral every day and your back pain will change immensely. Yeah. I, I like that because it's a different kind of, it's more of an intentional stillness, you know, because clearly we are all too still in the same position all day long, whether it's sitting because we're driving or sitting because we're in front of our computer and all the things that you were talking about at the beginning. And this is now going, okay, well, I've got to counter that stillness with a different kind of stillness <laughs> or a different yes. kind of even movement. I mean, you know, cause it's not, you don't have to be completely still. Um, that's where yoga is so nice. And I think has been so healing for a lot of my lower back issues. I, that's why I started. It was because of my lower back. I started because I was having pain and yeah. I thought, Oh, well, this is probably good. I don't know. I, I didn't know. Um, yeah. and it really, it truly keeps my back from locking up and spasming and all of the things that it used to do when I wasn't regularly yeah. practicing yoga. So I think that's interesting. It's just a way of looking at we think either we have to be again, that completely still like, you know, okay, well I'm working or then I'm working out, but there's these other movements in between that we don't talk about. And you're bringing up so many good points. I, I think it's so helpful. Okay. So let's, we have a little bit of time left. So give us, give us some more ideas because I think this is so practical and helpful. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And this is why yoga, I think, you know, to circle it back around to yoga, because, you know, you just said something that people say all the time when they come into yoga. Okay, I'm here. Um, I'm here because my doctor sent me because mm -hmm. I've got, <laughs> you know, high blood pressure and they said it would work. So is it going to work? Does yoga work for that? Or they'll come to yoga and they'll say, I'm here because I like to play golf but I keep throwing my back out. My back keeps going into these spasms. And then I have to miss golf for a week or two and go get a steroid shot. And in, in order to be able to play again, or I'm here in yoga because I like to run uh, triathlons and I don't want to get injured. Or we teach yoga to a lot of different schools, um, high schools and colleges, because we work with their athletes because they've learned all right, if we put them in yoga and we let them do yoga once a week, then the injury rate goes way down. So like, let's just do that. And a lot of times, no, it's just, again, like what you said, well, maybe this will work. I don't know. Hopefully it will. It can't hurt. Right. So they'll come in and they're like, that's where they start, which is great. That's a great starting point. And my answer always is to the question, is yoga going to help with that? I'm like, well, it's likely because that, whatever that is, high blood pressure, low back pain, constant injuries, a knee thing, um, insomnia, a lot of anxiety, whatever it is, whatever your that is, is yoga gonna help, gonna help with that, is something that's imbalanced, right? It's something that is either deficient or it's in excess. And so if you know that whatever your that is that brought you in something that you've identified that isn't working very well in your body. You've got a deficiency or an excess and you're going to go to a practice that seeks to find balance. Then yes, it's probably going to help with that because that is something that is going to get brought back towards one. Now, if it's blood pressure and anxiety, 
Those are excess problems, right? Because you've got high blood pressure, you've got high anxiety. Those are excess things. So where yoga does a great job of stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system with breath work, tapping back into, okay, here I, I am grounded. I am here. I am in my body and doing slow and intentional movements to keep you in the here and now. So that's going to take you out of the excess of high blood pressure and anxiety and bring you back towards neutral. If you've got um, depression, if you've got kind of like, um, like a dull achy kind of pain, not like a back spasm, but like, man, my knee just always kind of aches. I don't know. I don't really know what's wrong with it. Or you're really low energy. You're kind of fatigued all the time. This is like something that, what do I have? Do I have chronic fatigue syndrome? Do I you know, what supplements am I not taking again? That's our judging hat. What's wrong with me? I'm just tired all the time. Okay. So tired all the time is just a deficiency. It's a deficiency of something. So, um, you know, what that deficiency may be, we could figure out, but it's a deficiency. So again, let's start by adding in some nourishing movement. Let's not start by taking that deficient person who's already really tired and say, all right, you're going on couch to 5k program. You're going to start running right away. Like they're already deficient. Like you're going to take more out of their system and then expect for them to get better. That's not going to work that way. So to bring them into a yoga class and say, I need gentle nourishing movement because I'm tired all the time. Okay, great. Let's add gentle nourishing movement. Let's add an ability to sleep a little bit better because you have that movement in your day and let's work back again towards oneness. So yoga is so good at addressing those, um, those deficiency and excess problems because it's always working towards balance. Um, and that is that that's just one of the beautiful things about the practice. And I think I've told you this before, but it's worth saying here, I think, when people come into yoga and they say, well, you go, my doctor told me to try yoga. It's kind of like if your doctor said, you know what, you need to try sports and you're like, okay, but what sport? Because there's a lot of different sports. Some sports are like sprinting and hurdles and some sports are like golfing. And, you know, it's, they're not the same as far as what they're going to ask of your system and, or what they're going to give to your system. So if you've determined, you know, that you're kind of like an, an excess person, boy, I've got like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of anxiety. I've got a lot of this. I've got a lot of high blood pressure. I've got a lot of this. Then maybe you're looking for a style of yoga that isn't going to continue to add more. So maybe you're not going to be the person that comes in and says, I need a hot power class. Like, let me sweat it out. Let me get like a, a burn as max amount of calories and sweat, 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 sweat. Maybe not. You're already in excess. Maybe we need to pull it back a little bit. And if you're a person who's like, you know what? I haven't exercised since 1987, but I know that I really need to. And I have a lot of deficiency of movement. I'm really fatigued. Then we're going to add in some nourishing movement for you. And maybe we're going to move into a little bit more of a powerful, like we're going to strengthen, we're going to lengthen. So, you know, that's one of the great things about yoga is there's so many different styles. You can do restorative yoga. 
which is going to take you out of excess, out of that buzzing, out of that constant, like, ah, I got to do, 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 bring you into stillness. Or you can take a hot power class, which is great sometimes if you need that in your body because you are deficient in those areas. Let's let's add in that. But um, it's not it's lovely because you're not limited to like, well, I tried yoga and it didn't work for me. Okay, well, what's what type of yoga did you try? Well, I was very anxious. And then I went to, you know, like the Bikram yoga studio, which is 104 degrees and like holds postures for a minute long. It's intense and it just didn't work. And you're like, well, yeah, okay. So let's try a different style of yoga for you. Um, that's, that's, that's a great thing about this practice is that there is a style that will find balance for you. Yeah. I like that. I like that there, you know, there's no one size fits all for everybody and depending on different seasons call for different solutions, you know, and I, I, this has just been so helpful and understanding. I think we're kind of redefining what movement looks like, why we need movement. And we're taking away, like you said, the judging hat. I like that. <laughs> taking away the judging hat. I think that's important. Okay. So I have to ask you, it's the last question. If you could give one piece of advice to spark someone toward wholeness, what would it be? Oh, yes. I love that question that you ask everybody. And I always like people's answers so much. Um, you know, I really think if my, my one answer to spark wholeness would be to find a way to build intentional nourishing movement into your every day, because none of these um, deficiencies or excesses are like super quick fixes, right? They, they took a long time to develop into what they were. And so they take a long time also to kind of address back to neutral and, and likely you're going to still just by the very merits of being alive on this planet, going to be continually like cheating over towards that same deficiency or excess, just because of your individual constitution. So if you can find, and if, if I can find a way to build intentional nourishing movement that I can do every day, because it's that easy. It's like the laying with the legs in the chair, the neck release, the rolling the shoulders back. There's some other movements that you can do. Stand by a wall with your right hip next to the wall, set your right hand on the wall about shoulder height, step forward with your right leg, and feel that stretch in your chest. I mean, we're talking like five to 10 minutes of easy movements, but if you can build nourishing movement into your every day, then so many of our body's um, little imbalances will be corrected and, um, and they won't get to a point where it is it's like an actual, oh gosh, I've got to deal with this. This is really taking my life and putting it on, putting me on the sidelines kind of deal. It kind of informs and then stops those systems before they get severely out of balance just by adding in intentional nourishing movement. I like it. And it's such a nice way to be kind to your body too, instead of beating it up because it's broken, or this is what, you know, we tell ourselves, right? This is going, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to lean in going back to the beginning. I'm listening. I'm gathering information. 
And it's, it's kindness. And, and that's what our bodies need right now in this world. Okay. This has been so good. And I wish we'll have to do a part two at some point because this, <laughs> this is, this is too much fun. So let's talk about website, your, your website, your Instagram, social media, all of that. Yes. Okay. So really, um, our, I'll just give you everything to the studio because that's kind of where I put all of our good stuff. Um, website is, uh, BeFreeYogaTyler.com. So www.BeFreeYogaTyler.com. And um, that's the exact same Instagram handle as well, just at BeFreeYogaTyler.com. B E F R E E. Um, and that really, that's, that's the reason why we have that name. We just want, we want that like idea of sparking wholeness. We want that idea of finding freedom, finding freedom in, of, of movement, freedom of joints, freedom of muscles, freedom of emotional release, freedom from unnecessary suffering. So yeah, it's been wonderful. I would love to do a part two. There's so many more like somatic exercises that we could talk about, but Mm -hmm. intentional movement, just getting into those spots that, that we know get, um, hurt from sitting yeah. Sit down. Yeah. That's a great way to put, that's a great way to start. Yeah, it absolutely is. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. This was so great. Um, such a good conversation and made me think, even though we talk, I feel like we talk all the time. I just made me think of things that I hadn't thought about before. So this is really good. I appreciate oh, good. you taking the time to be on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. The tiniest spark leads to the biggest blaze, and I hope that today's episode sparks you on a journey to healing and wholeness. Thanks for listening to Sparking Wholeness. For more information on what I do and my coaching programs, or maybe just to reach out and say, hey, find me at sparkingwholeness.com or on Instagram at sparkingwholeness. Have a fabulous week.